Hello and welcome to the Master of Mediocrity podcast. The brothers are back. Max Kesslering, Frazier Kesslering. Frazier, how you doing? Doing excellent. Sun is shining. Another day of work. <laughs> Living the dream, baby. Living the dream, baby. So it's been a while since we recorded a podcast. So we have kind of a lot of things to talk about and not a lot of time. So um, first, I think we, the the you know, to cover the timeline appropriately, let's go back to the beginning, uh, the things that we missed. So the NBA uh, playoffs finished with the conclusion of the Bucks winning the championship. Uh, Giannis putting up 40 and 20, it seemed like every single game. Um, Fraser, yeah, he averaged your... 35. Yeah, exactly. So Fraser, can you, let's, what's your perspective? Give us some thoughts on like your, the finals. What were your thoughts? What, did you enjoy it? Um, and then we'll talk about Giannis. Yeah, I, I was I was really excited. Um, I thought it was a great uh, finals. Um, it was kind of crazy. I was expecting Phoenix to, I don't know, make some more of a push something. But, um, you know, after winning the first two games, you know, to lose four straight is that's kind, kind of you odd. Can't, you can't lose four straight. You got to show some better fight than that. Yeah, the box close, I guess, though. Yeah, some of them were pretty close. Um, but I mean, the Suns really just kind of got strapped down defensively, and those um, switches that the Suns were just absolutely eating all season or all mm-hmm. playoffs. You know, when Chris Paul gets switched on to the big man and just absolutely like just eat his lunch. Um, mm-hmm. That big man is now Giannis. <laughs> so <laughs> less of an advantage. <laughs> I mean, he, man, it's just like Marcus smart level of like grit and like determination um, with, you know, I'm not, you know, he's not the most skilled player in the NBA, but he did an amazing job of figuring out this is what I do. Well, I'm not taking any more threes in the playoffs. I'm literally just going to be Shaq. I'm Shaq, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, and hack Shaq didn't work in the last game. So no, it did not. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. But yeah, so I thought that the Suns should have put up. I thought it was going to be close. I thought it was going to be like a seven-game series. Personally, I guess it was six. Um, but after the first two, it just seemed like the role guys couldn't get it going for Phoenix. Chris Paul didn't have it anymore. He sh- showed up short again in the playoffs. Um, you know, I've never been a huge Chris Paul fan. Um, he had some amazing shots against Giannis, but his overall stat lines were a little bit lacking. I think in the finals. Um, he really, really needed to control a couple of games. You know, they needed to get one in Milwaukee and they couldn't, I mean, they get one in Milwaukee. We're talking about game seven back in Phoenix. So that's what it came down to is, um, they needed to win in Milwaukee one game and Chris Paul couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the, um, the role guys right now for the Suns that, um, really didn't show cam John. Cam Johnson. He was okay. Yeah. But he he was he Miles was really Bridges. showing up big, huh? Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Yeah, Miles Bridges wasn't very good. Crowder played, you know, they, they kind of just left Crowder open and Crowder would Crowder was actually shit. okay. He was but he was not that good on defense. Like I feel like he was okay on offense. He made a bunch of threes. Yeah, Cameron Payne. Yeah, Cameron Payne was Cameron John. I really liked I really thought Cameron Johnson I mean he was like one of the reasons they won game two. Yeah. Um, Miles Bridges is plays Miles. Um, 
Oh my gosh. Miles Bridges plays for the Hornets. Uh, he's a dunk center. Oh, yeah. Mikhail Bridges? <laughs> Mikhail Bridges, yeah. That's it. Thank you. Yep. Um, I, th- I mean, the Bucks are a great team. Drew Holiday, you know. Man, is he streaky. No better than Drew or than uh, oh my God, Drew Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. Um, and and where he didn't show up offensively, I mean, he some of those shots are just like <laughs> no fucking chance of going in. Like you see it leaving his hand, I'm like, oh, that's a clunk. That's just like a straight ratchet and clunk. Um, like that is not gonna go well. Um, a ratchet and clunk. And dude, he'll even have shit around the basket. It's just like you're an NBA player. Like I don't have great touch around the basket, but like you, you should. <laughs> you do these weird loopy left-handed shots that would oh, never go in. Terrible. I, I mean, it was offensive. Some of those jumpers, <laughs> like they were bad. But with, with all that being said, he did not let that affect. He was still picking dudes up full court. He, and he still had some games where he put up like 25 points. I mean, mm-hmm. out of nowhere, you're like, where'd this come from? You didn't show us any other game. No, he'd give you nothing, but they, they figured out that when Chris Paul gets earlier into say, I think it's just the NBA in general. I'm, I'm going to yep. be, it's going to be interesting to see if, if teams deploy this more often, but I think at least just, in playoffs, it's too tough to do a full season, but maybe in certain games, I agree. Getting them in their offense later is what you're saying, right? Yeah. There's just stats to show like when they get in their offense at 18 seconds, first 14 seconds, the drop off is like astronomical. Um, right. I don't know what those numbers are, but I know that that is like, you could yeah. look that up somewhere. <laughs> the best thing I t- too, I saw about, um, so like Chris Middleton is another one of those, like he could be great or he could be not that good. There was a meme. It was like, there's two versions of, uh, of two versions of Chris Middleton. There's Kyle Kuzma where he can just basically be like 14 and six and be like, kind of like decent. And then there's prime Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? It's like, those are like the two, I could be like, pure flamethrower mode or like just okay (laughs) yeah like he was so elite in that game seven or game six like at the end of that game he was putting up tough shots that they needed to win that game big time buckets big time buckets he always kills the celtics the (laughs) when they played like past you know previous seasons i've been able to go to a couple of games and he has been the one man wrecking crew really like where Giannis wasn't developed yet his, his game wasn't there yet um middleton was like really the the person you were most afraid of um and he, yeah you're right he does have those crazy <laughs> it's the same thing as paul george it's like the 13 and 30 you yeah. know how 13 one game and then 30 the next you're like where's where's the but, 25 you know what i mean i don't know it must there's like a big thing in sports um, statistics about like getting hot and how it, but there, there has to be something to it. Like, what do you think causes people to go, you know, 30 points and then 13? It's like, he's probably not doing all that much different, right? He's probably just less efficient. So the nights he's efficient, mm. you know, he shoots more cause he's feeling it. And the nights is not efficient. He shoots less. So he scores less. So it's like, a guy like Kobe's going to get 25 because he's shooting till he gets 25 regardless. Yeah. So Malcolm Gladwell has a thing about um, uh, what's it's called blink. That's like, the, that was like the right. name of his book. And it's basically like r- rapid information. It's like whatever your initial reaction is or like thought 
You know what I mean? It's like people will say like their gut feeling, but a lot of times that is really just them kind of like taking in a bunch of information at once and then coming up with anyways, right. with all that being said, um, no, I like it. Huh? I like it. It's interesting. So mm -hmm. there, it was a basketball. I, I forgot if it was a coach of either, it was either hockey or something. I think it's basketball, but he could tell when the like shot was going to be good. Just like as soon as they released it, looking at nothing else, like, if it was going to be good based on, you know what I mean? He could almost so how, uncannily how, tell. How right was the coach? Like it was some crazy percent. Amount. It was like yeah. 90 something percent. I don't know. I read the book a while ago, but it was yeah. enough to be like, he could much better than the average person say like, oh, that that's good. It's not, it's something about it. So there has so, to be something with that feeling that like, you can mm -hmm. almost feel like when that's good. Yeah. So I don't understand how like you the flow state that, kind of, yeah. Like the flow state. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Couldn't you just be in a flow state? Yes. It, over time, things will average out based on that, but your ability to like feel it or like be hot. Okay. So here's my, like, here, I'm going to, I'm going to put it mm -hmm. to this scenario. So so what we're kind of saying is Chris Middleton, when he gets in the flow state, when his his blink is on, right, he's really good. He's not a good at getting to that flow state like some other people like Steph Curry would be, right? Because Curry's human torch mode is is set to always be close. He's, yeah. he's better at getting to that flow mm -hmm. state, whereas Middleton's good when he gets in that flow state and elite is almost anybody else. But he doesn't yeah. get there as often as other people. Yeah. That's that, might probably what sets them apart. That, and that, I, that's that's a, that's the next step. That's tough. Yeah. That's also. I think maybe his look has something to do with him not being elite. I mean, that's just he's got a just, real Nosferatu <laughs> vibe. It's just it's just a little unfortunate, my guy. It's just yeah. not. Hey man, you're a champion though. You're I mean, champion. nothing else matters. Nope, it doesn't. It does not. On matter. top of the world. But no, like the Tom Brady syndrome where it's like your handsome QB, like that gives you a couple oh, extra yeah. man ratings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> I feel like, like the, like Chris Middleton's the opposite. Like he definitely gets like a minus two just for Not that handsome man. <laughs> Ridiculously. <laughs> Sorry to talk about his, his looks, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm just saying, um, I don't know. I was really impressed. So, okay. Let's talk about who we were most impressed with uh Giannis dude Giannis was so insane it was so much fun to watch a phys for me a physically dominant player in the NBA like this since it's the first guy I've seen since Shaq who is this physically dominant where there weren't enough answers to solve the problem right especially against a team like Phoenix who just didn't have the players to defend against him they had Aiton and he was still, he's young. He's just like not totally ready for that job. Not that there's many people ready for that job, but like um, Phoenix Suns specifically were not ready to handle the, the beefcake that was Giannis. I mean, you look at the pictures from when he was in rookie until now. I showed Nicole, my, you know, my girlfriend who he doesn't watch. Uh, so he doesn't know like basketball for a ton of years. She goes, that can't be the same person. I'm not the same person. <laughs> it's like, she's like, holy moly. He's so much bigger and he's so physically dominant. And it was so much fun for me to watch. I, I was an absolute joy to watch him just absolutely just crush dudes. And like when they, you know, that the, the late in the game play where um, Drew Holiday stole the ball and Giannis was like, you know what? I need to run the length of the floor because we're not good enough half court offense to score another bucket in half court. I'm going to make the baller decision to sprint my giant ass down the court and leap over people and just dunk the ball like on 
that's like a fairly high percentage play, but only because Giannis was involved. Like I knew they were going to go for it. I was like, they got to do it. They got to go for it. Just lay the hammer down. And just, that was the cool, he beat everyone down the court. He just jumped over everybody. It was just so cool. He's just so physically impressive. That was the Devin Booker play, right? Where, yeah, he got stripped. Yeah. yeah. He, he shouldn't have held the ball that long. He needed to make a decision, either shoot or pass. Um, and he took, held it one second too long and Drew just said cookies and took it the other way. It was awesome. Yeah. So the, and, um, so it was the, it sounds like the effort is a big part of, of he your reason it. you like, yeah. like Deion's performance. Yeah. He wanted it. And also, um, he was the aggressor. And I think a lot of times in the NBA, I got frustrated because people aren't either pressing the action or aren't aggressive enough to take it to the basket. And LeBron, like that's why I kind of respect people like DeRozan sometimes and people like Giannis. I'm putting them in the same light because they aren't great shooters and they both know to be effective, they need to get to the rim. And I think still in today's game, people talk about the three, people talk about the range, but Getting to the basket is still the most efficient shot you can get. The dunk is the most efficient shot. The more you can do that, the more you can shoot at the basket, the better. And Giannis was the epitome of that in these playoffs. He got to the basket with a lot more force. He knew he needed to get to the basket to be efficient, and he and he made it happen. LeBron does that sometimes too. You know when he when he wants to, right? When but when he feels like a, how do I want to say it? It's like. When LeBron's bothered enough to like get down towards the basket and he feels like he has to, he'll do it. But Giannis does that from game one, and I appreciated that. Yeah, this is more LeBron's last resort. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what he, he did and what was it, the 2015 playoff games where he did that. I feel like he did the same move every single time, and it was just <laughs> absolutely unstoppable. It would be like drive left. It was like drive right, like spin move layup. And it's mm-hmm. just like every time that's kind of Giannis, like Giannis yep, just figured out that spin move a little bit, figured out that spin move and his touch around the rim. I was really impressed with the go, go gadget arms. <laughs> I mean, that's what it must've been like to see um, like Kareem play or like mm-hmm. will just get mm-hmm. in the cre- I mean, they're more like jazz music than Giannis. Giannis <laughs> is like, Giannis is like a uh, rock movie. Um, but yeah, the way he he really does finish with some amazing touch sometimes around the rim with those spins and um, his ability to how do you how do they go about so you know build the wall they always talk mm-hmm. about build the wall what was different this time what did Giannis do differently this time he was willing to take it from the elbows and from a little bit deeper instead mm-hmm. of backing up to the three and then running forward it gave the defense less time to react. So I think a lot of times he would have it at like the um, kind of like the wing area inside the three. And that was a good area for him to attack from uh, just, they attacked from better areas. And I feel like he didn't require the full, like I need to run at you to get a, gonna get a good shot. Um, and his mid range jumpers are actually pretty good. Like he had good fadeaway game and like, I was pretty impressed, but yeah, uh, he did it from closer. So the same with like what you said earlier, we're starting your offense earlier starting your offense deeper is also helpful. So I think they did a little bit of both. That's some old school basketball shit. Dude. It really is true though. It really does make things way easier. It's like, they always say it's better to shoot a three. If you've gotten the ball through penetration first, 
So yeah. if you penetrate, and Giannis said this a bunch of times, if you'd penetrate and kick. And to the thing about that is you're when you catch the ball, you're seeing the basket almost at the same time. You don't have to reorient it in your head. So you're kind of already in a good position to like follow through forward. And, and that's why, and the defense has to react to it. It's just all around better when your defense has collapsed and you can shoot off of it. So yeah, that's basketball. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the basics. Um, so before we go to the next topic, I just want to like uh, address real quick. Uh, we love Bobby Portis on this podcast. Oh, huge Bobby uh, Portis stands. Huge Bobby Portis fans. Uh, huge Bobby Portis I fans. Um, will be a meme I will be using going forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has that, I want this more than you. <laughs> I care more than you. You can't, de- like, you. he will not be denied. He was amazing. I thought he was, like, a real difference maker. I Yeah, I tweeted this in, like, game one or two. I tweeted him, like, it's crazy how important Bobby Portis is to this team right now. And he really was. Like, he really made a difference. He helped scoring, offensive rebounds, effort, just general, like, um, you know how, like, Big Baby was kind of like that? Like, Big Baby was just kind of like an effort energy, just kind of, like, pest. Um, Same kind of just... Ron Artest, you know, Ron Artest. He has a little Draymond energy too. He's a little bit of Draymond in him, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's um, a nicer version. I think Draymond (laughs) is a little nastier. I think Bobby Port, I mean, hey, Bobby Portis did have to get Nicola Mir just (laughs) traded off the Bulls because he punched him in the face, broke his jaw. So maybe, you know, maybe, maybe maybe I'm just talking. Maybe Bobby Portis really is have it like that. I don't know. He's definitely about that action. Like he's, he's definitely not going to back down. There's no back down in Bobby Portis. There's oh. no, there's no scenario where he thinks I can't, I shouldn't be a part of this. He thinks don't, he's, he should be in there. Don't let it confuse that both those start with B because <laughs> they have nothing in common. He will never back down. <laughs> no. Um, but I mean that, I just like love that play late, like later in the game. You remember that one where, uh, Crowder like tripped on his own feet, and then Bobby Portis got called for the foul, and he was pissing. He high stepped down the down the court. <laughs> Not like that at all. <laughs> it was, dude. He I listened to the Rochelle podcast. He was talking about, oh, I thought they're gonna let me go with that. No, dude, no shot. They're gonna let you go with that. That was a terrible idea. But like that's what, that's what you get with players like Draymond and like Bobby Portis. Like you just get like emotion sometimes. It's like yeah. it is. That's part of the package. But uh, it was really that high step made me so. I'm like, do you think you're LeBron? What are you doing? <laughs> Give the ball the ref and get back on defense. <laughs> so funny. Uh, all right. So the next thing um, we want to talk about Aaron Rodgers coming back. <laughs> Dude, you're so fucking lucky. <laughs> well, how am I lucky? <sighs> No, you're not. What was going to happen? Yo, wait, we should talk about his press conference. Dude, his press conference. I didn't was watch li- it yet. Oh my gosh. You I heard it was it really was good. So lit. Dude, he literally was like, these are my issues with the organization. They <laughs> fucked up in all of these areas. This is why I'm angry. It was like so direct. He was like, these are the exact reasons why I don't like what the Packers have been doing. And these are why I'm upset. It was so upfront. It was the most upfront I've ever seen a star player. That's awesome. <laughs> And it, it wasn't rude. It was like, no. I directly see these as, as issues. Like one of the issues they had and one they rectified recently, um, Reggie Cobb, Randall Cobb. Yeah. Um, 
he was like players that have left our team that we didn't give them an opportunity to stay with the team. We should have offered some, some of them contracts and the ones we didn't, they should have been uh, given the send off that they deserved players. Like, I don't remember who is sitting gone. Randall Cobb, Josh Cobb. Sitton. Yeah. Like um, those Charles Woodson, he was like, dude, Woodson, why didn't yeah. we not keep him around in some facet? Like, yeah. He, he was, was like, honestly, he was really good at, for the Raiders as a, uh, as a um, safety safety. He wasn't bad at all, but he was just talking oh, he about was good. more. He was good. He was like a very good player for the last couple of years. Yeah. But the idea was you, you have to keep these culture setters around to keep a good culture. He was just like, there's just a lot of things we should have done that I didn't appreciate and had nothing to do with money. He's like, they offered me more money. I don't care about money. That's not what I'm after. He's like, yeah. these are the, these are the problems I'm saying. So it's all Mark Murphy. I knew I was kind of worried about what was going to happen with Rogers. Cause he's a wild card. But at the end of the day, I'm like, he's not going to go to another team. His only other option is to retire. The Packers aren't going to trade him. So, and I didn't think he was going to retire here because he just had the best season of his, one of his best seasons. Of career he likes competing year. too much too. Yeah, it just didn't seem like the Packers ha- are a top five team. Just, uh, you know, on yep. paper, they got a new defensive coordinator. Like, they're going to be a better team. Mm-hmm. Reggie Cobb, you know, he is a good, I mean, he's going to help the offense. Like, he, you know, he's a chain mover. He's someone mm-hmm. who has a ton of rapport with Rodgers. So, um, whatever. It doesn't matter. Team. It's just good they brought him back. It's like, dude, make him happy. He was, oh, one of the other things he said, he was like, hey, when we're making, like big organizational trades or you're, you you know, just keep me involved once in a while. He's like, just talk to me. Like, I'm, I feel like I've deserved that. I've been around this organization for a long time. Like I do my own scouting and stuff. Like, I think I know what I'm talking about. I'm a very good quarterback. I kind of have an idea what's going on in offense or defense or whatever. Please talk to me. And they don't talk to him whatsoever. And he's just like, just talk to me. That should have been done day one. If you're, if you're running things right. Like, I'm talking to my guys. If they know something, talk to them. It's because they don't have an owner. Yeah. When you have an owner, you have a more direct line of con. Like Mark Murphy literally just does whatever he wants. And there's like no ramification. He's not there anymore. Right. So Mark Murphy. Yeah. Is he still there? Yeah. Oh, I I was thinking about different. Okay. So is Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson's their GM. No, Mark Murphy's the president of the oh, Packers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. President. He runs all that shit. Right, right, right. So okay. whatever issues you have in with the GM, I mean, there might that that could be fixed. Yep. I don't think that's the real big issue. I think it's with with Mark Murphy. I feel you. Crazy. So hopefully, you know, things get sorted out. But man, you got to watch that press conference. It was really good. yeah. I will. He's back for a year. Hopefully they win a, a championship. And if not, they move on and, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you want to talk about NBA free agency or do you want to touch on the draft real quick? We can, we can do both. Uh, I Whatever you probably want to talk about prefer- first. Uh, go ahead. You're the host. <laughs> okay. Let's just address, because uh, I think the Warriors are the most interesting thing from the draft for us because we're Warriors fans and everyone else because they're the, they were the most contending team with an early pick and they did the most interesting things with their picks that, you know, their picks had the most impact on winning a championship this year, right. From a draft standpoint. So what the Warriors is, they picked uh, Jonathan Kaminga at seven and then Moses Moody who Perkins Perkins can't pronounce um, at 14. So what are, I guess are your thoughts on the Warriors? I guess here, let me give you my thoughts first. 
I thought the Warriors were going to pick two players with those picks. I thought they were going to use them as players and figure out what to do with it later. I'm okay. Uh, I think for two reasons, salary cap wise, they're young. They're they're on going to be on cheaper contracts with which teams can control. So right, they, they're on two plus. I think it's two plus twos, right? Our first round draft pick, something like that. Two plus twos are three plus twos. Either way, um, the team has a lot more control over it, and it's it's structured. Um, so you can get them cheaper if they get better quicker, right? So that's good. Um, and secondly, they're trying to do a little bit of both. They have these good players um, that are in their primes, but they also don't want to mortgage their future like other teams have done. They're trying to do a little bit of both, which is the hardest thing you can do. But if you can pull it off, it's the greatest thing you can do, right? So I think they're just, they're, uh, they're, they're limit testing. They're seeing what they can do. Um, if they can, if they can make this transition from, you know, staff like the Spurs did with Duncan to Kawhi, a similar thing. So, yeah. And they got more, these two players timelines match up with Wiseman. Um, and hopefully the Warriors will be able to get some bargain, bargain basement dudes in free agency. Um, and won't have to really depend on these guys as much. Um, Moody is more of like a play now guy, correct? And Kaminga is more of the project. Yeah, so Kaminga is like a real project, but if he pops, I mean, he's. I watched some of his high school highlights, which is oh. some of my favorite things to watch. He was a junior. He looked like a like a twenty seven year old, um, and he was just posterizing everyone, taking <laughs> step backs. He, dude, his he pops like crazy. His highlights pop like crazy. He was going to be a senior so he was supposed to be a senior last year in high school instead of going to a senior and correct me if i'm you know i mean this is what i i'm pretty sure he went to the g league so he's playing against grown-ass adults in the g league instead of playing in high school because he reclassified um so he went to like a different year right so he's super young he's 18 um but his body is crazy town like he's but he makes bad decisions. So it's like, you got to fix some of that stuff. Um, but he, he's like six, eight, six, nine, already big and strong. Like he's a, a great wing. Um, and then Moody's, yeah, he, he's a little more polished, um, but still like kind of young, like he's 19, I think. So um, still a little bit of a project, but more ready to play. They were thinking about him. So I listened to the, this is what happens when you, when you really want to dive deep. Um, listen to, general manager press conferences. <laughs> so listen to the Bob Myers press conference because YouTube's a great place. And he made some great points. He's like, we pick two wings because they're impossible to get. You can't mm. get them anywhere. He's like, they're impossible to acquire. He's like, so we're going to draft wings because we can't get them. Um, and he's like, you know what? Maybe they're not ready, but they might be ready next year. And how valuable that is to our team. If these guys, we just got, I mean, he's just like, he made a lot of really good points. So if you're interested in what their thought process was, they were like, they were thinking about getting Moody at seven. And then they figured out later that Kaminga was going to drop to them. They're like, well, it's kind of hard to pass up on this one time general opportunity. If we're not going to be in the lottery very often. Right. Like when are they going to draft number seven again? It's most likely not going to be soon. So take your big shot now, just go for it. For sure. And you hope with Kamingo, hopefully it's just like um, the Lonzo-ish, you know, just not really caring about 
his team oh, when yeah, he was Lamello. in Australia. Just yeah. Lamelo, sorry, just trying to get his stats. Um, yeah, I mean, and then he, when dude, he gets he... to the NBA, you know. But who knows? I mean, it's hard. It, I I know absolutely nothing about this guy. But yeah, uh, wish yeah watch some of his highlights. His highlights are. I mean, he's got, and I think that's important. I don't. Th- I don't think you should discount highlights because that means it's in there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Some players you watch and like that, they just don't have it. Like they don't have anything special about them. This guy has special moments. He just has to make, be more consistent. So I'm, I'm like cautiously optimistic in the way that I'm literally talking myself into it. Um, Cause he probably has a lot of exhibits, a lot of tra- traits and tendencies that I hate. So I'm just yeah. like, um, I just don't know yet. You know, he'll probably do some everything. He'll basically do what if he does everything that Ubre does, I'll be upset. Oh, fucking hated watching Ubre. God, he does so many wrong things on the basketball court way too regularly at all times oh my gosh so handsome though so handsome so dude so handsome so, so ta- handsome so talented he can't be a critical thinker <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I hated watching i got i would get so frustrated he was in the wrong place so often always always i'm like and then he would go like do crazy three-on-one shit i'm like Oh, what a terrible possession. Why? Why yeah. would you ever think that was going to work? So good luck to him. Good luck to whoever yeah. has. Uh, and thank you to the so Timberwolves for the seventh overall pick. Appreciate yeah. it. That was a good one. For D'Angelo Russell, who's, who's terrible, again, not good at basketball. Who's okay. worse than Wiggins? So much He's worse. He's straight worse than Wiggins. Straight worse. We've said it many times. All right, let's quick thoughts. Um, we gotta wrap this thing up soon, but quick thoughts on free agency. Um, just in general, what are you looking for? Who are you looking to see move? Uh, Lonzo's gonna be on the move. You think um, he's moving? He's gone. I think so. Yeah, I was just seeing something earlier that it looks like he's gonna be moving. He's restricted uh, though. I thought, right? No. Maybe a sign and trade. I don't know. I sw- he could move, I, still, I sw- but I thought he was restricted. Oh. Is- Sign and trade, sign and Chicago. Trade. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. The signs the with Chicago. Chicago. There it is. Yeah. That's what I was looking forward to. That's what I was Wo- going to say. <laughs> Woj. <laughs> if you don't yeah, have Woj notifications, you're wrong. Get Woj I- notifications. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that's interesting. That makes their team a little bit better. Um. Makes the Pelicans worse. The Pelicans are a weird team. That they, they don't seem to be run well. Um. I guess the player I'm most interested in is to see what Duncan Robinson does. I just, I just like Duncan Robinson. I've listened to his podcast a little bit. I just like him. Just rooting for him. Yeah, I just hope he makes a shit ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> just hoping, hoping he, I was listening to a podcast and I think JJ Redick was talking about it or Iguodala. It was him and Iguodala. Yeah, JJ Redick and Iguodala. They're talking yeah. about Duncan. They're like Duncan stop pretending or stop acting like you're so excited and so glad you're in the NBA. Stop being so appreciative. You deserve to be here. You're really fucking good. Like, like he has this like a, Oh, you know, I I don't deserve to be here. Kind of attitude. So humble. He's like, dude, stop that. Like you're elite, bro. That's funny. Yeah. So I just, I just like Duncan Robinson. I hope him hope he does really well. Did, and what team is he on? Or is he a, a free agent currently? He's a free agent, I believe, restricted with uh, okay. Miami. He'll probably go back to Miami, which I'm fine with, but I'm just I'm interested to see what he does. 
There's not a lot. Yeah, of- a lot of stuff's going to be unraveling soon. I guess we we can yeah. talk about it all next. It, when's it go next week? It's no. I think it, don't talk start 6 p.m. today. Oh, so stuff can start happening now. So okay. right now it's 6 cool. p.m. Oh, then there Monday. it is. Yeah. All right, so then we'll we'll talk about we'll it talk soon. about it next week. Yeah, but uh, I'm oh, Kyle Lowry signs with the Miami Heat. Oh, you heard it here first or second. <laughs> Two minutes ago. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap this thing up. Thanks for listening, everybody, this week. Sorry it takes us so long. Life, you know what it is. We'll keep trying to do these when we can. Um, follow our social medias if you'd like. Uh, go to patreon.com and help support us if you, if you can and would like to. Um, we love you all who are listening to this podcast and appreciate every one of you. So thank you for listening. Have a good night. Peace. Night. Peace.